What's the secret to delivering an app on time, in budget, and within scope? That's the topic on today's episode of 5 Minutes with 5-Pack. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of 5 Minutes with 5-Pack. Today, we have none other than our VP of Software Development, Stacy Johnson, joining us for this conversation. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Yeah, so a little bit of background information. Stacy and I started working at 5-Pack around the same time. So it's fun looking back. We got started together and now work together hand in hand, day in and day out. And you'll quickly understand why she's on the podcast today. And more than that, why she oversees all of our custom development at 5-Pack. So if you're a client potentially looking into the podcast, I'll tell you, you'll get to know Stacy very well if you start mark- working with us. But let's jump right in, get to know you, five questions right into the first one, iOS okay. or Android iOS from day one, iOS. You were one of the original iOS lovers. A long time. Yes, absolutely. I feel old saying this, but I remember when I was in high school, actually, this may make other people feel old as I say this. I remember when I was in high school and the only student in our class that had the original very first iPhone and thinking, what in the world is that? And now here we are. It's our world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that in mind, knowing you're an iOS lover, what's your favorite device? So it's obviously my phone. It is with okay. me all the time. I can do everything I need with it. Um, and uh, like I said, it's it's always with me, easy to carry um, and uh, totally relied upon. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for those new uh, notifications and statuses where you can set it to, you know, focus mode or, you know, uh, full your, your work filters just to see which notifications you get. That was such a great addition by Apple in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So with that in mind now thinking iPhone, we'll limit this one to mobile. What is your favorite app you're using right now and why? So Duolingo. So we have taken ourselves to try to learn Spanish and we had actually hired a professor a while back to come to our house once a week. And she was teaching us Spanish in person. Um, And ever since we've just carried it forward with Duolingo. I absolutely love the app. I am uh, about 550 days into my streak right now. I was just about to ask you, what's your current streak? That's amazing. Yep, good. Well, uh, Stacy and I have laughed in the past because uh, I am working to learn Spanish as well. My husband is Colombian and she uh, may need to actually become my tutor. So uh, I'll have to <laughs> love to well, yeah, we need to start just conversing in Spanish in our chat. Yeah. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Okay. Now, Stacy, I want you to throw us back and tell us what was your first job in tech? Wow. So I graduated from A&M and right out of A&M, I was hired by a fellow Aggie um, who uh, worked. Flash the ring, flash the ring. It worked. It absolutely worked. Um, who ran an IT department and she hired me as a systems analyst right out of college. So I was a systems analyst for a couple of years um, before I moved into software development. Amazing. So you were a developer to start with, correct? Pretty soon thereafter, uh, learn kind of the basics of understanding systems and how to write systems and what it means to document a system, and then was able to go into software development. Amazing. And was that originally in the San Antonio area or where were yeah, you? Yeah, no, all of it in San Antonio. So I've been really fortunate to uh, have all my jobs here locally, um, whether it be remote um, or, you know, partially remote from home and partially in San Antonio or full on driving back and forth to San Antonio. That's awesome. So thinking back now for our last question, you know, with that first career move in mind, really, what would you tell someone that's just getting started in tech as one piece of advice you could give them now from your history in the industry? 
you know, asking questions. Um, a lot of times when you first start out with a job, you're really intimidated. Um, you don't feel comfortable speaking up because you don't want to, you know, look stupid or embarrass yourself. Um, and there is no wrong question. So always feel free to ask a question, speak up, uh, make sure that you really understand um, anything you're working on. Um, nobody will fault you for asking questions um, and as many as you need. That's so true. And, you know, one of the things in our industry is uh, that is a risk is certainly unclear requirements or yeah. uh, incorrect assumptions. So from a developer standpoint, really the best developers are actually those that ask really great, great questions. Now, at the same time, I know you could probably say this from your experience working with our clients, that that expertise or advice really does overlay to clients as well, doesn't as far as asking questions for things you don't understand in tech, would you say so? Yeah, absolutely. It carries over. It has a lot to do with us defining the requirements and making sure that we are on the right page with our customer, that they, um, you know, what they're explaining to us is actually being documented correctly. And a lot of that is back and forth communication. It is asking questions. It's clarifying things along the way. Um, and without that, I think you're just stuck. It's so true. And we say it all the time. We're experts in our industry. We acknowledge our clients are coming to us as experts in theirs. And so it does lead into this back and forth questioning of we're making sure we understand what you're communicating and vice versa. I'll say we work with clients, some of which are extremely familiar with the tech industry. Very technical, some right. Of, some of which you go, I know nothing of what you're saying. And in some ways we have to be Duolingo for ourselves and yeah. break yeah. down that translation. But it's something we love doing, but we'd say it to our clients as well. Ask us questions and we're always happy to explain things. So that actually leads us right into today's five minute topic. Big question we always hear, how do you deliver an app within budget, on time and in scope? Stacy, let's hit the clock for five minutes. What's the answer from your perspective? Okay. So you, you nailed it. So the main things that we need to talk about are uh, what it's considered in the industry, the iron triangle, um, also known as project constraints. You might hear that uh, reference a lot as well. Um, project, uh, budget, timeline, and scope are the main factors in building a really successful project. Um, I think if you talk timeline, you're working with the client on if there's milestones and stuff that they need that we need to be aware of as we're building out the project. Is there certain um, dates that we need to try to target? Is there certain deliverables that we have to target along the way? The second part of that is uh, more on the, you know, scope. Exactly what are we building for you? You know, with our industry, we really like to produce an MVP um, so that a customer can get something in their hands earlier in the process, make sure it's what they want, take it for a test drive um, before we really start building too much out for them. Um, and then being able to communicate that to us from the very beginning is, is really important. And then all that really ties together to a budget um, and making sure that we can stay in line with the budget that we proposed initially when we worked on a project scope. So any of those those changes in a project obviously now affect your triangle. Um, yeah. Something has to give. And that is a lot of communication that takes place with our project managers, with me, with even, you know, Kara, you coming in and helping from a sales perspective. Um, all of us participate in this with the customer um, and making sure that we're really clear as best we can on communicating them the gives and takes. Um, of projects along the way, um, you know, anything that changes in that does affect something, whether it's the budget, um, if we change scope and we add new features, we have to talk about the additional hours it's going to take to build that out. 
I love that, Stacey. And I think, you know, for some, you may have never even heard the phrase iron triangle, and this is a new concept for you. Others, you may hear that and think of it as a curse word uh, because it's sometimes has a negative connotation, but really five pack, we don't approach it that way. At the end of the day, if we were to just simply define the iron triangle, it's a decision-making framework that helps us understand that when we're making a decision on timeline, budget or scope, that none of those are happening in a vacuum. They're always held in tandem with those other facets of the triangle that Stacy mentioned, like schedule, like uh, budget, and of course, scope. And so by understanding that all of those are held in relation, it helps us balance or more than that, rather than trying to act like everything uh, is linear and all of them are important. At the end of the day, the truth and success in project management is based on us understanding what's most important. And so when we realize that those things are connected, uh, Stacey, would you say that it allows us to understand the things that are maybe priorities so that we can actually make decisions uh, in a better alignment or order? In absolutely. Project? Yeah, absolutely. If somebody comes in and says, I must have all of these features, I will not go live until I have all of these features. We're going to work around that. We're going to figure out what it takes to build those features out. And that might mean that they have a flexible budget, that they're willing to pay a little bit more to get more um, you know, out of the project. If somebody comes to us and says, we have a really very strict budget, um, then we're going to work around that as well. And we'll tell you what we're capable of building out for you within that budget. Um, and it is, again, from the from the get-go, it's all about communicating along the way um, and keeping the client informed of, of what we can do for them. Um, making sure that we you know, are communicating as much as possible, making sure that everything is really clear from the get-go is our mission from day one as much as possible. It's so good. And it's really an example of how we take ownership of projects is taking ownership of what you want and really understanding not only what you want, but what is feasible and what's going to achieve on those bigger goals. So for us, you know, of course, we're looking at if there's a timeline that's very important, we're watching scope closely uh, to make sure that we're hitting those deadlines. I remember, Stacey, one project you were over last year, uh, they actually had a patent deadline that we were pushing for. So major, very, very significant. You know, budget wasn't a concern. The scope for that app uh, for the initial patent release wasn't uh, as critical, but what was critical was the timeline. So because we knew that, it really gave us a North Star compass that was driving development. And then, of course, once that deadline was hit, timeline loosened up and we could then focus and reprioritize that triangle to enter scope. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So that's a a practical example for those of you who are listening and going, so what does this look like when you're actually trying to manage uh, expectations and a project, how does this feasibly work back together? So, you know, as we're thinking through this, Stacey, last question I'll ask you is just how do we actually, you know, on a week to week basis through uh, regular ceremonies, help prioritize that triangle? So we constantly are working with our customers on, on, like you said, the priorities of what are the next features that we need to work on. Uh, we have typical, you know, two week, three week sprint cycles, We have backlog grooming. All of that takes place with the customer to make sure that we are working on uh, the next big feature that is is really a priority to them. I'm constantly working with them to prioritize new features that are coming. A lot of times we'll do demos. We do demos all the time. But when we do a demo, um, a lot of times a customer will mention something new as they see it in a demo. And it kind of lights a fire that, oh, let's add this. And we would love to add that, but let's prioritize that work and let's discuss that in the future. Um, We don't want it to kind of break the initial plan that's in place with what we're going to develop. And if there is a a communication on what is needed or if they do want to replace something because they thought of something else, 
let's talk about it, let's include it um, and discuss, you know, potential estimates with that work. But it goes along the way. All of our ceremonies are intended to make sure a customer sees work that's being completed, make sure that they um, feel confident with what we're producing and get their hands on it as soon as possible so they can actually start playing with their app, actually making it come to life and feeling um, a sense of accomplishment and, and kind of pride with their idea. It's ex- it's very, very exciting to give a customer something that they've dreamed of um, and actually have like a tangible product in their hands is, is amazing. Yeah. I'll say we never get tired of that moment where someone's dream is now a manifested reality, even in the form of a prototype, just the experience of getting to see someone visualize in reality, the first time something that's just existed within their brain is, is really what we, what we live to do day in and day out here at Bipac. Stacey, this has been so great. And I love the way you've just bottom lined and simplified the iron triangle for us today and explained not only how it helps us, it's a decision-making framework, but also how it's a weapon against things like scope creep and and keeps a project within its proper boundaries of budget, timeline, and scope so that we're achieving the correct milestones in the right order, really, and at the end of the day, that there's an alignment on expectations. So for those of you who may have never heard of the Iron Triangle, you can certainly look that up, dig into some more resources, but I hope today has been a great introduction to what it is. Stacey, thank you so much. I know this will not be your first time on 5 Minutes with 5 Pack, but grateful just for your wisdom today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of five minutes with five pack. Our goal is to take the industry experience and expertise we have to be a guide that you can trust in an ever evolving digital landscape. We invite you to share this episode if it's been a help to you and also subscribe on your preferred streaming platform. You can also learn more about five pack at fivepack.com. We'll see you back here next time.